messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we're here to talk about TV commercials. The good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Another fancy way to show your love. My name is Andrew Walsh. Genevieve's name is Genevieve Has. Hello, Vives. Hello, Andrew. So coming up today, we have what I like to call a mishamash. A mishamash? A mishamash. Are you ready for a mishamash? <laughs> yes. Uh, we just had a bunch of ideas kind of floating around, a couple yeah. of commercials in the, the news. hot dish of episodes. Ooh, hot dish takes on commercialish breaks. <laughs> I just came up with that right now. We have some commercials in the news to share with you guys. Somebody thinks that they have identified 13 different kinds of pandemic ads. We will go through those categories. Genevieve, you're unfamiliar with it, right? And so I will uh, run them by you and you tell me if you think that that uh, theory holds water. Yeah, I'm in the, not even the passenger seat. I'm like in the back seat and I've just slightly rolled down the partition between mm-hmm. me and the chauffeur. And you're, and so I'm the chauffeur here? Yes. I and I'm going to roll that partition up if I don't like what I hear. How's everything going back there? Can I get you anything? I would like a club soda. Okay. We're going to get you a club soda. Uh, there's a little mini fridge right there, my lady. Uh, I'm going to call you my lady, too, by the way, because I heard my ladies love that. Yeah, my ladies love it. Yeah. Um, there is a... a there is a uh, automobile telephone back there you could use Ooh. if you want. Where's yes. the great coupon? <laughs> oh, we have to pull up next to a Bentley to get that. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, we brought it back to commercials. Thank you. Uh, also, um, got some great... There's going to be a lot of ad council uh, submissions today, including um, one... We talked about breakup commercials last week. By the way, everybody, Genevieve and I are doing great, right? <laughs> yeah, Relationship I, is strong. I we got so. through that, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, a listener named Jason said that we missed the greatest breakup commercial <gasps> of all time. Did you see that? I think he tweeted it at us. No, but okay, that's good. exciting. I'll share that with you. So let's kick things off with some commercials in the news. Commercials in the news! All right, this is Justin Peters writing in Slate. Hey, it's our friend. I was wondering. I almost looked it up. That's our buddy uh, Justin, who's been on the show before. Yes. Oh. He's our, he's our uh, obviously, this is his beat. I'm such an idiot. We should have called him. I, um, I saw this, and I was like, oh, is this Justin who we had on the show? And then for some reason, I thought, oh, no, he writes for a different publication. And then I just moved on, and I read <laughs> and his I article. I think it's our Justin. Oh, we should have had him on. He's such a pleasure. Well, you know, I don't want to bother him. Yeah, that's true. I, mean, I don't want to call. I don't want him to have to feel like he's on call anytime. He'll stop writing about commercials if we're like constantly calling him. Like, can you do our show? You would again? be a terrible radio producer. Just terrible. Yeah, I I don't like asking Just people for things. Terrible. I mean, the whole. I mean, my whole job for years and years and <laughs> years was to call people on the phone and say, "Will you be on the show?" <laughs> if you go into it thinking, "Well, I don't want to bother them," you don't have a show. Yeah, I've never. I'm not a radio producer, and that's probably one of the chief reasons. Well, I got to say, I was gonna say, like, I don't want to get into this too much because I don't want to. Just be stealing other people's content. Um, so I will kind of I'll skim through these quickly, but let me know what you think of them. So um, Justin goes through talking about um, 
how it's a very weird time for commercials, right? And we talk about that a lot on the show, too, and how it seems like we kind of went through various phases with the commercials. At first, the commercials were just outdated and felt weird. Then they felt very stumbly as they tried to adapt. Yeah. And then they were very... Very B-roll heavy. Exactly. Very the same. Then very kind of earnest, we'll get through this together, and then... The next phase, he sort of says, was the focus on the heroes. But now the rest of these categories that are running now are not necessarily chronological. But I'm going to run through his list of 13 different kinds of TV ads you see during the pandemic. The first one, he says, is the We're Here For You commercial, also known as the We Care commercial. So he gives us this Ford commercial as an example. We're here for a reason, and it's bigger than selling cars. We're here to build for the people who build and shape this country, who work hard, who do right by others, who never give in. There's always some new challenge trying to take us out, to shake our resolve. And if you're out there fighting through it, we know 260,000 people who have your back. We're here for a reason, and it's bigger than selling cars, is how... um, is how uh, Justin describes that commercial. And of course, you recognize the voice as none other than Brian Cranston. Yeah, yeah. Now he said, "I was uh, I was looking away for a moment." He said, 260,000 people who have your back." What does that number refer to? I'm guessing that's the number of employees. That's the number of employees for it around has. the world. Wow, sure. that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that rings true to me. There's another one where Brian Cranston says, "I am the one who builds trucks." Right, because he was in Breaking Bad. Because he was in Breaking Bad. Again, I just came up with that on the fly. (laughs) You've got to put yourself out there sometimes. They're not all going to be gold, Genevieve. Um, (laughs) Category number two, instead of just being the we're here for you, this is we're here for you with special deals. And he actually says that he kind of likes a sprint commercial that I don't have to play where they just spend, he counted them out four seconds saying, these are tough times and we know you need to save money for your family. We have deals. (laughs) Category number three, the you can count on us ads as um, illustrated by this Toyota one. Today, tomorrow, Toyota. When you need a vehicle you can count on, trust Toyota to be here for you. Many Toyota service centers are open to help keep your vehicle in top shape and may even offer no-contact vehicle drop-off. If you need a new vehicle, Toyota is offering 0% financing and attractive leases. Again, a pretty straightforward commercial. So the difference between that and the Ford commercial is not just like, it's like, it's talking about how its service is there for you in these trying times when you need 0% financing and and, uh, full oil changes or whatever versus just like, trying to hit that patriotic note of like, you know, we're for the working person. Yeah, I feel like the Ford version is much broader and much more grand, yeah. right? And like trying to make a statement and it's about brand reinforcement and and, and and history. Whereas this is, yeah, we have we know that stuff is going on and this is what we're willing to sell you right now. It yeah. makes sense. It's We were willing to sell it to you also before and uh, will always and and after i prefer the more straight the straightforward approach though yeah. I, I you know i'm kind of sick of the like toyota like we are heroes or um i'm sorry ford we are heroes or we're we're gritty heroes or whatever and this is i don't know there's a sense of normalcy to oh yeah by the way zero 
APR financing, 0% <laughs> APR financing. Then you have the the God bless our heroes ad, as Justin says. A good example is McDonald's. Uh, it purports to honor first responders while also serving to honor the fast food chain for offering those heroes f- one free meal a day. Let's take a, a listen to this. We see a guy, by the way, um, coming out of McDonald's. He's got his plastic gloves on because, of course, we are in uh, pandemic mode. Um, and he's shuffling through the big plastic letters that will then slide onto the McDonald's sign, right? Right. Telling you what the deals are for that day. And he's choosing the I've letters. I've always wanted to operate one of those. You get the big stick, right? You got to get the big stick. Yeah, I think it's really hard. I know, but I would like to try. I feel like we've talked there about this There should be like a before. camp where they let you do tasks like that. Like like grown-up camp where you learn to do... I don't want to like do all of the jobs of the person who works at McDonald's. I mean, no offense, but it's not something that interests me. It's hard work. I, I'm sure it is very hard work. Um, and that's why it doesn't interest me. That's what I mean. I would just like to do interesting tasks that you never get to do in like a like a regular in like your normal job you know what the closest thing i've ever done to using the big stick to hang up these letters is what lighting altar candles oh yeah you gotta get the big snuffer you're familiar with that well i mean i've seen it it's well it's it's snuffer on one side and wick on the other and they have these long wicks they sell that i'm gonna say are maybe i don't know 14 inches maybe maybe two feet long i don't know um and they go that you you thread them down into the pole right and then there's a little there's a little way that you can kind of make the wick as big as you need and then you light it and then you've got this flame on there and and then you reach up and you can't see the wicks on the candles that you're trying to light because they're way up there next to jesus um so you're just kind of fishing around up there until you finally see that it that it caught the the older altar boys had to do that task blindly groping for a light does seem like an apt metaphor for organized religion um, I thought you were going to make a groping joke in the Catholic Church, and I appreciate you taking the high road on there. I so always we do. Have, Class is the name of the game. We have a um, uh, a fella, and he's uh, looking through these letters because he's about to put a sign on the McDonald's sign. After billions and billions, these are the most important meals we've ever served we see that he's writing something about first responders oh it looks now that it says first responders and healthcare workers enjoy a thank you meal for free through may 5th we'll be feeding first responders and healthcare workers thank you meals for free. I just said that. <laughs> um, so that is the category of God Bless Our Heroes ad. Um, Justin goes on to say uh, there's the, you know, we're pretty heroic ourselves ads. <laughs> uh, he says Kraft, has, Kraft Heinz has a commercial that exemplifies it. It leans heavily on B-roll of largely unmasked workers in a production facility checking on boxes of macaroni and jugs of ketchup as they roll down the line. In voiceover, I like Justin's writing here, a Kraft Heinz worker speaks about how much she and her coworkers care and about how proud she is to be able to do her part. Um, and it says that uh, according to the news, uh, Kraft Heinz has offered factory employees an additional $100 per week during this crisis. Um, but the bonus is tied to attendance, he goes on to say. But in other words, like, yes, we're doing we're doing some pretty great stuff to help our employees or the world. Yeah, I can see how as we expand our understanding of what it, of who was essential to keeping the train marginally on the tracks, mm-hmm. uh, people who work in grocery stores, people who deliver food, people who, you know, work in the Bartels, 
Um, like, as we expand that definition, I can see how a marketer or a brand might be tempted to um, exploit that uh, for marketing purposes. Right. It always makes me mad. Like, like he's notes that they get paid an extra hundred bucks a week, which is not very much. Um, and only if they don't get sick or, or in other words, right. no, only if they don't not come to, only if they come to work. Tied to attendance. It's yeah. tied to attendance. So it's like, well, the point should really be that they should not be, no one should be working sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Uh, moving on, he says you have the we got this style of ad and uses this Michelob as an illustration. Now's the time for us all to show off our strength. And we see all these people exercising in their homes, all these incredibly buff Yeah, they're people. doing the kind of hardcore workouts where you like have to like be on your elbows and doing all kinds of crazy things. And they're, uh, yeah, and they're just beautiful, beautiful people, and they're going to drink. Uh, they're plank- planking, I think it's called. Michelob Ultra afterwards. By the way, at the very end, they show a shot of Michelob Ultra uh, in a glass and in a bottle says 2.6 carbs and whatever this their final established i guess what's what would you call it? not an establishing shot but the final shot where mm-hmm. it's just like you show the product at the, the beauty end. shot and i feel like doesn't it look like that's in a bar the background's a very shallow depth of field so the background is very blurred out but it looks like it's in a bar which is still like because it's all of this is about people exercising in their homes yeah it's so blurry that i can't tell um so it really could be anything. It may be that this is the the shot that they have of this. Yeah, that's kind of what I was. There wondering are multiple. There. there are people moving around in it. Yeah, it could be someone's kitchen. It, it, yeah, I guess it could be. Um, okay, uh, the CEO in the shot ad where the CEO <laughs> is talking about how you know the, what they're doing as an organization. Uh, the hands across America and also in your pockets ad. Now this is the one that um, I really want to talk about. Uh, they're talking about this. Gr- he talks about this Grubhub commercial. W- we've seen it a bunch. Does he have it in here? Yes. Restaurants are family. We're in this mode now where. Oh yeah, we talked about this. Uh, did we talk about it on the show? I, I mean, no, sure no. You that. and I talked about okay. it like in our personal lives. Yeah, this is the one that really grates on me the most because really we grinds are. Your gears. It really, it really chaps my ass. Really grubs your hub. It really frosts my, yeah, it grubs my hub. We'll stick with that. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I don't know how to organize them. I'm going to start with 9-11, okay. <laughs> which I really shouldn't do, but right. it's where my brain goes. But after 9-11, there was a sense of helplessness, I feel like, in the average citizenry of the United States, right? We felt a existential threat but there wasn't a lot we could do as individuals about it right we could just shop the one thing we could do is shop and george w bush and a lot of leaders said go out there and shop and we ridiculed that a lot or at least i did and you did and other like-minded i think liberal-minded people did it seemed kind of crass i think some people are rethinking that a little bit now in in uh while we're in the throes of this pandemic as we watch our economy truly truly crumble around us and i'm thinking specifically of david plotz who um hosts this political gab fest show on slate oh slate again this is a commercial for slate today um he and he was talking about how like yeah he used to rail about how stupid that messaging was and now 
when you think about the small business owners all around us who truly are suffering and you think, yeah, if I am employed or you and I are both still employed, Genevieve, and we're lucky enough to be in a two-income family, then we should try to spend money, especially at the literal local restaurants in yeah, our Yeah, now you got me thinking about what local restaurant I want to buy a dinner from. Euros. Well, I think it's between the taco truck that moved into oh, town. No. El Camion. El Camion. We got a taco truck in our street, on our street now, and it is truly magical. Yeah. Truly they're amazing magical. burritos. It's either between that and or a the really sushi good place. local business too, by the way. They've been helping us out a little bit, uh, feeding feeding uh, or providing meals to the homeless and, and whatnot. Although I don't think they've given us deals on the food themselves, but they've worked with us very nicely. Um, anyway, so yeah, so in a certain way, I do believe that we do kind of have, I don't know if a, a responsibility, but it is the right thing to do if we have some extra money to take care of the small businesses around us and the restaurants. Um, and so here you have this Grubhub commercial that portrays these businesses as well, or I guess the business owners as heroes, right? And I'll play the beginning of, of this for you. But then it just turns. It just it seems like such a money grab or a money grub. Um, and this is why Justin calls it the hands across America and also in your pockets, because this is where the context comes in that we know that Grubhub is not actually it's not that great of a company for the people who deliver for them, certainly. Yeah. And you do hear some businesses say, eh, the deal with Grubhub isn't that great. Now, the businesses could, if they had a different option, like if it was cheaper for them to deliver the food themselves, then they would. So Grubhub is providing some service to the restaurants. I mean, there's so many now. There, There's Postmates yeah. and Caviar and DoorDash. DoorDash and I mean, I'm just... Promo think, code TBTL. And like, I'm just thinking of the top three, right? Like yeah. I... They're, Uber Eats. Uber Eats. And there's so many. Like, who's who's the best for, for right, restaurants? Right. But, like, and again, the alternative is, and I was reading something about maybe a feature in the New York Times or something about the, the decisions that small restaurants had to make. Like, does it make more financial sense for them to figure out a delivery option themselves? And for most, it didn't. Sure. But we also do know that the way um, Grubhub works, it's not really great for the delivery drivers. I mean, I guess it's great because you can pick up a gig pretty easily it's got its benefits but it's not a heroic company and they're really taking advantage of a moment so you bring all that context into this and i just think that this commercial is kind of is what does insidious mean um, i want to use that word but i feel like i'm using it well insidious is like it's it's um it's happening beneath the surface it's it's a bad thing that's happening sort of um uh, unbeknownst or beh- underground. Hmm. I don't think that's what I mean. I think um, this is gauche, to say the least. How about that? Okay. We'll go with that. Restaurants are our family, the cornerstone of our communities. And now I, I want to say we're seeing the inside of a bunch of restaurants. This is clearly pre-pandemic. People sitting cheek to jowl at diner counters and people delivering food to parties at large tables. And our family needs help. Right now they're facing a crisis and they're counting on your takeout and delivery orders to help them through. Because if we don't treat restaurants like family today, they might not be around to treat us like family tomorrow. Grubhub. Together, we can help save the restaurants we love. What do you think of that? I hate everything I said leading up to it. I don't disagree with it. I just don't feel like I'm being clear as to why I fucking hate that so much. You feel like Grubhub is is trading on the 
um, our love for something that is not Grubhub, which is the restaurants, and that they are uh, appropriating in some way that identity. Yeah, there's a weird thing in the copy here, if I can take this into an even more ridiculous place that I find somewhat confusing too, is they seem to go back and forth between saying we and they. Yeah. They they refer to like our family and we, and then the, the next second, second they'll say they, which I also think is maybe it's just bad copy. But, um, but I yeah. do think it, it kind of gets at a, a the, what is problematic about this, which is Grubhub is this overlay. Grubhub isn't, isn't some local restaurant. Mm-hmm. Grubhub isn't like your, your mom and pop pizza shop. They are a service. I mean, it's, this would be like, you know, if Master Visa or MasterCard was like, you know, seriously telling you like, you know, remember, I mean, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a credit card commercial that's touting small businesses. They probably do like mm-hmm. come out for small business week every year and, and do an ad for it. But it's the same thing, right? It's like an, it's an overlay on that that takes a percentage and we use it because it's convenient. Yeah, but I mean, in the, during normal times, focusing on your work with small businesses doesn't seem quite... I mean, this is just... This is... Now, is Grubhub for sure like DoorDash? Like, I always thought Grubhub was the was the service that you use for restaurants that already did delivery. Like, you can get, you know, like Pudge Brothers pizza from through Grubhub, but I assume that a, Pudge, that a pizza place has its own delivery people. It's my understanding that Grubhub is an amalgamation of the two. That okay. it'll it'll help just organize your delivery if you're if you're a restaurant that del- delivers itself, but also it provides delivery services to companies. Okay, so it is like yeah, that's, DoorDash or whatever. Because I, I I think I misstated something about that one time, and I had to go back and remember it. And you never remember anything like the mistakes you've made. Um, but. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that that drives me crazy, and I just I guess it's kind of like it. It just like the 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 earnestness of it. Not that I don't agree that we need to do what we can to help the the workers and these small businesses, but also the tone of this commercial is talking about restaurants like they are firefighters uh, in 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 uh, in in this seriousness and earnestness, and just knowing that it's coming from Grubhub just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. So anyway, and then um, Justin says you have the high we're clean now commercials, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Little Caesars, uh, and then the ones that are like, "Hi, we've always been clean," <laughs> like WeatherTech talking about how their floor mats uh, are always easy to to wipe down and wash. Um, Oh, this one, I was, you know, I wanted to challenge him on this, but I'm going to assume he did his research because I certainly forgot to follow up. He says this is the really misjudging the moment ad, and he's talking about Domino's, talking about contactless delivery, and it starts with the guy kind of recreating the moment in, is it the color of money? No, No. it's risky business. Risky business where Tom Cruise dances around in his underwear. We did see this commercial a lot, and he writes specifically, Justin does here, that um, this came out in late March. So if he's accurate about that, then this was specifically a pandemic commercial well, and the thing that drives him crazy about it is the if fact it was that he- made in march if it came out in march though unless they were incredibly uh oh, that's true prescient I, I don't think people in march i mean i we were still going out to re- we went out to a restaurant for my birthday which is in march that's true now he says this came out in late march i you know i feel like our lockdown here our, our stay yeah. at home start on march 23rd yeah I kind of agree. And we were with, one of the first states. Yeah, there's something about this that I, I and again, he specifically, because he says they're, they're misjudging the moment. He seems to be very deliberate about the fact that this came out in late March. And therefore, his complaint with it, by the way, is 
it's portraying pandemic life as being fun and frivolous and we're inside and we're dancing around in our underwear while we wait for the food to come, which I actually three, four months into this thing, I think people are kind of reaching a normal with this, like where we can't have a little bit more fun. But he felt like this was just kind of a, a bad display of frivolity while also advertising a COVID related service, which is contact delivery, contact list delivery. Yeah, I I'd be curious to know how that when that commercial was actually made, um, because I remember I feel like I've been seeing it forever since before the pandemic. Although time is telescoping in all kinds of crazy ways, so I have no idea if you know I, the the days feel very long and the weeks feel very short. Um, but I feel like I saw that before, and that that it was it really wasn't about contactlessness; that it was about like you get your pizza when you're ready for it or something. Yeah, which this- is like. A weird pitch because that's just the nature of delivery pizza, but yeah, because the whole the the original thing was we don't want to literally catch you with your pants down, right. so you get a message on your phone. And yeah, I think that's that one was then reworked for content. I think that's delivery. what happened. I think it was shot as a and pitched as a you can dance around with your pants off and aired. I believe because I yeah. think we talked about it. I do too, and I think it, it the original pitch was or the original you know idea of it was. Um, you can take your pants off and then put them back on in a timely fashion. And then it was fairly easy to take that same scenario and make it about contactless delivery. Yeah, I think that, so I think that one is maybe a little bit off, although that's just the example he uses. I wouldn't say that uh, there aren't any commercials out there that do sort of miss the tone. I mean, you could make the argument that what was the one that I always use is a Bud Light commercial where they make a joke about staying at home and you're... I always think it's Bud Light and it's, it's still Burger King. It's still Burger King. It's still Dorito... Doritos, Burger King, and Bud Light. <laughs> Sounds delicious. I, and also, like, they're all... <laughs> if I told you, like, oh, guess what? The same company owns all of them. Like, would you be super shocked about it? I no. Mean, yeah. Uh, he says that you also have the We're Back Baby commercial. These ads just want the lockdowns to be over already. They use phrases like, now that we're all getting back on the road. <laughs> and I have been hearing those already. He uses a... Or he cites an infinity ad. Now that here. we're all getting in that pool at Lake of the Ozarks. That's right. Yeah. Which is also, I mean, I'm trying to be generous to everybody. I'm not talking about the Lake of the Ozarks thing right now um, and people acting irresponsibly, but more than ever. <laughs> I do now, I do understand. Like, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a monstrous thing to be feeling to be looking past this moment a little bit and to be very anxious to get out. Yeah. I'm sure many of the people in that pool are not monsters. Some of them are, but that's just the law of averages. It's nothing Mm -hmm. to do with them being in the pool. But, but what I find monstrous is that our culture is so eroded and so sort of dry rotted that when the least a bit, I mean, you know how dry rot works, right? Like it can look perfectly normal from the outside and everything seems fine. And then you get a little bit of stress on the structure and it crumbles. And I feel like that's what we're seeing here is Mm -hmm. that we are not a culture that is built for even the tiniest amount of stress. And this is quite a lot of stress. Yeah. We got termites. We got, we've got cultural termites. We do have cultural termites. Um, 
Okay, and then the last commercial uh, that he describes here in his list of 13 is, this ad is actually a helpful ad. So this is one that he likes. <laughs> he says, the rarest breed of all. In, all. in another domino spot, this one from April, a bunch of franchisees stand inside their restaurant, stare directly into their low-res cameras, and announce that they are hiring. And he says that that is straightforward and helpful because people need jobs. Yes, people do need jobs. All right, so those are the 13 ads. Sorry I rushed through it. I, maybe I, I feel like I'm going a mile in a minute. Maybe I should have just done the top six out of the 13. I don't know. No, I think that was fine. Okay. I mean, I think uh, with all respect to our friend Justin, there's a lot of overlap in those categories. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean they're not they're not super clean as, as far as categories go um, because a lot of these companies are trying to do a lot of these things, right? They're trying to seem like good neighbors. They're trying to let you know their shit is safe. They're trying to... Um, celebrate the heroes and you know and genuflect appropriately. It's honestly like I always think how crazy it must be to be. I mean, I I think we're not. I think our cult. I think our we're not really as divided as like the news would have you believe. You know, when you see the polls, you see like the vast majority of people support social distancing and masking and all, like all the good policies. But because it's uh, been played up as a big controversy in this kind of like split between, you know, mask on America and mask off America. I do wonder, like, what's the calculus that goes into some of these ads that mm. are um, so earnest about the heroes? That's and, a good point. And, and stuff. I mean, you know, like, are are there going to be commercials that are there going to be marketers that don't want to seem like they're too much into wearing masks because that's not, you mm. know, that's not a red state wonder if the uh, Ford example is a good version of that. Like, you still have this sort of manly American right. ruggedness, but you don't necessarily see people wearing masks, I don't think, in that commercial. Yeah. Um, because no matter, you know, no matter how red statey you get, the idea of Americans being heroes who drive trucks is not problematic. Yeah, we, we can all, I guess, support that. Yeah. Um, speaking of pandemic-related ads, Liana shared a tweet on the Facebook page. So this is complicated. So this is not a Facebook post. This is a tweet that was posted on the Facebook page. Liana didn't write it. She's a listener of ours. The original tweet came from a poet named Hanif Abduraqib, and he wrote, I saw a gum or mint commercial that was pretty simply like, listen, eat a mint so your breath doesn't smell like garbage while you're breathing inside of a mask. And it was the first commercial made for the moment that had me saying, okay, fine, I guess this one makes sense. <laughs> Have you seen this commercial? I haven't. This is, I think I found it. I just did some Googling, like, mint mask commercial, but, and I came up with this um, icebreakers commercial. What were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, I that really speaks to the moment in a really... Um visceral way this is a um very short commercial i believe it's 15 seconds you just see uh, a woman putting on a mask in front of a blank background thank you for wearing a mask for grandparents neighbors and cashiers how about a mint before you mask because mask breath it's real that's it mint before you mask hashtag mask breath mask breath which reminds me like a new thing to be worried about i know i gotta say though every now and then a brand will come up with something like that that sticks with me and i i will use the term nose blindness for the rest of my life yeah 
when talking about like if you're in a room for a while and you don't realize it stinks until somebody else comes in and did says, Febreze come up with that? I think that was Febreze. Yeah. Remember you came into my office the other day after I was yes. working for half a day and you just came in and you said it really stinks in here. Yeah, it was just like And I believe I asked you to leave. I believe I told you <laughs> my door is always closed. <laughs> and that's why it's so stinky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um okay, so more commercials in the news. Do we have to play the sounder a second time if you do two commercials in the news in a row? I don't know. Yes. Oh. Commercials in the news. Genevieve, what the hell is with this story? You sent this to me. Yeah. I think somebody sent it to you. Someone sent it to me. It made no sense to me when I read it in the Washington Post, which is a um, publication that I trust. I then read about it in the New York Times, which is another trustworthy publication. It made a little bit more sense on second reading there. I then went to uh, Business Insider, which is... Not great. Not great, but also I go to it a lot, so I can't... (laughs) David Plotz, by the way, now works for Business Insider. Okay. So, I I don't know. Anyway, um, its founder was imprisoned for insider trading for a long time before he started it though. did you know that <laughs> no, i didn't i but just recently learned that that actually really aligns with how i think about business insider. yeah also i like that's hilarious that you would get popped for insider trading then you would name your 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 publication upon release business insider you're absolutely right <laughs> hold on business insider a founder let's look this up like i got am i right like here that is like some brass balls Wait, it's Henry Blodgett. Was he? He was a co-founder of it. Let's look up Henry Blodgett. The reason I know this is, I business, business Insider is sometimes a good resource for some quick information. Oh yeah, um, um, he he did violate securities laws and is permanently banned from involvement in the securities industry. That's right. His name is Henry Blodgett. And the only reason I was looking into this <laughs> is because David Plotz used to work for Atlas Obscura. I'm a fan of David's from Political Gab Fest. He left in, uh, I'm sorry, he left Atlas Obscura to start, did I say Atlas Obscura before? Yeah. Okay. He left there and now he's writing a newsletter with Henry Blodgett, a daily newsletter that I actually quite enjoy. Um, uh, just kind of a news-based newsletter. And so I was like, who is this Henry Blodgett guy? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's how that's so you funny. got your start in journalism was by being an inside inside trader Business first. Business insider trading. Yeah. Anyway, my point is the story is bananas. And I went to several <laughs> <laughs> sources to get a good feel for it. And the headline is, uh, Volkswagen apologizes for racist ad and nobody is shying away from the word racist it isn't like controversial ad that some Rac- say racially is insensitive like My everybody is like euphemism. oh yeah this was a straight up racist ass quick 10 second Instagram ad uh, I am going to read directly from the Washington Post here Um, The 10-second clip depicted a pair of oversized white hands. Just for the record, these are just like a... These are not white-gloved hands, as I originally pictured. White people hands. It's just like some oversized pair of hands belonging to a white person dragging a black man away from a new VW Golf and then flicking him violently into a restaurant called Petite Cologne, a name with overtones of colonization. Then briefly, a spokeswoman reads the phrase Der New Golf, Noia. or Der Neue Golf, or The New Golf, as it appears on the screen, but its dynamic 
text so the letters appear in an order so that it first spells out the German word for the N-word. I am reading this thing over and over and over again, and Volkswagen is not denying it. I'm like, is this an old ad that somebody found? Is this found? a spec ad? I mean, it seems impossible that I a know. company like this, I mean, could, could, what were they thinking? That's what I kept trying to come back to is I was like, oh, you mean somebody made a spec ad for them. They went controversial to make waves. And it's associated with this brand. No, that's not it. This is a social media 10-second ad that was definitely running on Volkswagen's social media. And I don't know if it was also, I think it was also rolling as like a mid-roll or whatever you call it when they appear in your feed, yeah. right? Um, and it's and then I was like, oh, is this some historic ad that they didn't realize the like racist overtones? Yeah, your mind gropes I through some context. Get it. And the only Not answer, to justify it, but just to understand it. Did, now, you haven't seen this, no. right? But from this description that I just horrible. read, does it make sense to you? So you see this. It's a faraway shot of an African-American man. Or I, actually, this is a German ad, so not American. But a black man is standing by a car. And then you see this big almost like hand of god mm -hmm. come in and kind of like pull him away just pinch him a little bit by the back of his coat and then flick him into a doorway and if you look closely that's where you see that the doorway says petite cologne and then doo -doo 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 -doo, a bunch of letters appear to give the slogan but apparently they appear in this way that it spells out the n-word not to not to get away from the fact that this sounds horribly racist but what even is the what is even the marketing point of it? I don't know. Oh, and also, I'm to sorry. To take him away from his golf and put him in the I, restaurant? I don't I don't know. And also, the, the other um, piece of symbolism here is when you make the flicking, uh, the, the kind of flicking gesture with your white hand, it now makes that A-OK -okay symbol, right. which is now a symbol of white supremacy here. In, I thought here in the United States, it must be international. Um and I don't have any answers other than Volkswagen has apologized profusely. They have made no explanation for it other than to say that they are going to start an investigation. And I guarantee you we will never hear this because yeah. we'll all forget about this. Yeah. All they need to say is we're going to start an investigation. We'll never get another headline that says, oh, this is what was going on with right. that fucking there was some, ad. There was some rogue, like, clan wizard in charge of this one ad and then how did it get through all the different people to the point where it was on instagram in people's feeds i i wish someone would follow up with this i wish someone would like put a you know remind me in six months to go check on this some journalist and yeah i mean and honestly it's one of those things where i was like well we should do that we should follow up but we don't have the um gravitas of somebody who would actually be able to get answers unfortunately but um it well, i guess nothing's stopping us from calling their press office you know who we call we call justin peters yeah justin peters get on this my boy justin can you solve this for us yeah. So anyway, yeah, um, the Volkswagen apologizes profusely and, you know, and it's a company that is steeped in bigotry and racism. It was created as the people's car by what was that manufacturer's name? Hitler. <laughs> right. Hitler. I mean, it's just yeah. it's astounding, this company. Then they get caught with their pants down. One of the biggest automotive scandals of all time. If you exclude a car company making cars with brakes that don't work. And at least that was an accident. <laughs> you know, like I just don't get it with this company. Yeah, it's baffling. It is literally baffling. I'm baffled. Yeah. Consider me baffled. All right. So and especially for a company that has that for all of its many sins, historical and otherwise, 
their marketing game is not has not been their issue. They've had a strong marketing yeah, game. Yeah, actually a historically you strong. You know, like incredibly game. strong, like groundbreaking great marketing game. Do you want to see it by the way? All right. It's it's I not just want to I just want to understand what I'm picturing. It's yeah. not going to give the listeners a lot of context here because it's a little bit of music, it's 10 seconds and then you hear somebody say something in German, um the new Volkswagen I guess in German. We will post Golf. this business insider Yeah, as I say. Article to the Facebook group. Yeah, and it's on a it's on a YouTube video uh, that is embedded in none other than our good friends at Business Insider. See, this is why you need the Business Insiders of the world. By the way, yeah. uh, the Post and the Guardian and the um, and the New York Times did not post the video. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they annoy you, guys. So, do you have any better? Can you explain more? Like, we don't even see him. And by the way, I want to make it very clear. This man is not necessarily portrayed as a as a burglar or a vandal or anything. He's a, I mean, it's a, he's tiny in the shot. You can't see much of it, but he's a well, he looks like a well-dressed man in a suit, right? Yeah, it's, it's clearly a woman's hand. And it's done through um, sort of tricks, like, you know, the forced perspective that, like, makes it look like the hand that's close to the camera is is touching him and the letters do come on the screen very quickly so if you were not a german speaker uh, you and even if you were it goes by look how fast it happens yeah but you can see it right there if you pause it frame by frame you can get it and i happen to have just paused it here so it spells out that german word um but uh, i just again i don't was this somebody who was making an ad and like all of these symbols are so subtle that Nobody picked up on it. Each each individual piece of it yeah. is subtle. But you add them all together and it feels intentional. You know, each, yeah. you, you take out, you... you. I don't really understand what the story is. The yeah. hand is kicking him away from his car and into a restaurant. The restaurant has a name that uh, evokes colonialism. The letters are... Re- are arranged in such a way that they could be random, but they happen to, for a very bare brief second, spell out a terrible word. And not even in order, if I'm looking at this No, correctly. they're not in order, yeah. but, like, it's sort of, it's hard the not to put them together. The first five letters that appear yeah. are the words that, if you rearrange them, spell out this word, so... Um, and then, you know, the hand is white, um, the the person in the background, the car owner is African or is black... Is he the uh, car owner? And that's what I was wondering, too. I was wondering if the implied thing is that this guy oh, is snooping is it, around a car. Is it the is it the owner? Of, is the hands the owner of the car and they're protecting their car? That's I don't, I don't terrible. Know. I don't know. This is just terrible. I feel like me trying to make this work makes me say racist things. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm the racist one now in trying right. to add a narrative to yeah, this no, thing. I don't, I don't like being in that space. Exactly. I don't want to try to justify this by like, well, if we could just find out what the story was about, I'm sure right. it's not racist. Exactly. No, obviously it is. I just, it doesn't even make sense like on on any level so it's so baffling and the fact that it's called birth of a volkswagen gross I'm just joking all right so um, let's, let's right. put a let's put a calendar reminder on our phones and in six months we'll check email in how, justin peters see how that investigation is going uh can we please get uh this bad taste out of our mouths with uh something that is more delightful and i will never probably know why this was tweeted out by my favorite uh sports 
show, the Dan Lebetard show, but over the weekend, without any explanation that I can figure out. Um, That's like the name of the game this week. Like, for, yeah, what's for going on? Show, what yeah. happened? <laughs> I don't know, but... Um, R.I.P. Fred Willard. What happened? What happened? Um, there, there's this... Um, 30 second PSA that the Dan Levitard show tweeted out for some reason uh, from the 1960s and it fit into a, a show that I swear we had done before which is did we do a whole show based on superheroes and commercials and I'm not talking about the live one that we did we did a live show of course at the Comic Con where mm-hmm. we focused on nerd culture and computers but I remember we did yeah we talked about like um, I know there was Batman selling like uh, insurance bonds yeah or, or like you know or like uh, T-bills or something exactly like that. I remember yeah. that and then Superman well here's one uh, that stars Batman and Robin but also stars Batgirl we see Batman and Robin and again this is just a, a this is just a PSA from the 1960s we see Batman yeah, and Robin Adam, Bat- Adam West Batman yes right? and they are tied up uh, on a pole somewhere Boy. there is a uh, ticking time <laughs> the bomb ambiguously gay duo <laughs> yeah, rides again and there's a ticking time bomb and it looks like it's the end for our caped crusaders holy breaking and entering it's batgirl quick batgirl untie us before it's too late it's already too late i've worked for you a long time and i'm paid less than robin same job same employer means equal pay for men and women no time for jokes batgirl (laughs) it's no joke it's the federal equal pay law holy act of congress if you're not getting equal pay contact the wage and hour division u.s department of labor what do you think? Oh, I'm sorry. That's 1973, not not 1960s. Yeah, I was going to say it. 60s. My goodness. Um, but 70s makes more sense. Um, I'm not watching that uh, Mrs. America sh- uh, show. Oh, yeah. It's a kind of about that. Yeah. Era. Um, I am charmed by this. I know. And where, who dug this up? Here's the sorry. Things are falling apart over here. <laughs> I picked up my water, the coaster fell off, it landed on my bell. Um, and then a chicken head came down and it tapped into a egg and then the egg cracked open and then it landed on a frying pan. Um, what did you ask me? <laughs> <laughs> I was into my Rube Goldberg joke. I know. Um, where did this? Where did you get this? The Dan Levitard oh, show. The Dan a Levitard sports show. show in Miami for some reason tweeted this out without any explanation. I am delighted by this and yet... It's weird. It's like it's so progressive in a way. And the point it's making is a progressive one. But the heroes are incredibly retrograde and they're never reformed. They don't like, oh, you're right, Batgirl. They're more just like, oh, no, laws. Now, here's the one thing I have. I take issue with one thing in this. Can I just play it from the beginning? And I want you now to listen to this, knowing that I have one issue with this. Can you pick out what it is? All right. Holy breaking and entering. It's Batgirl. Quick, Batgirl. Untie us before it's too late. It's already too late. I've worked for you a long time and I'm paid less than Robin. Same job, same employer means equal pay for men and women. I'm going to end it there because the thing that drove me crazy is already over. Actually, two things drive me crazy. There's some really bad audio edits at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. but that's not what I wanted to point out. Does Batgirl actually work for Batman? I don't think so. <laughs> Because that was never my understanding of her I don't character. Think that, I don't. I thought know she about was a Batgirl. little bit more. 
of a freelancer. Right. She was doing her own thing, I thought. I thought so, too. Almost like competition, but they would team up. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, exactly. she's not Catwoman. I mean, she's not a villain. In fact, the the, the idea that Batman pays Robin, I find somewhat shocking. I well, exactly. He was a boy ward. Yeah, he's his youthful ward. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's shocking. Does he get paid at all? I always thought it was my understanding that Robin, I'm sorry, that Batman pays Robin with a lot of hugs and kisses. Yeah. That's my understanding of it. It's a a snuggle-based economy (laughs) over there in Gotham City. (laughs) Let's check it with the end. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Okay, V, if you said that you have not um, seen this commercial that Jason sent in, he says that it's the best breakup commercial of all time, right? You haven't seen this? Uh, right. Okay, then what I'm going to try to do here is I want you to look away, look away from the screen. You still don't know what the uh, product is? I don't. Let me see if I can make this screen. Uh, big so that you can't see the description of it and then I'm going to play it for you because I love it but if you know what it's for I feel like it's less effective you can look at the screen now we see um, a car hurriedly hurriedly uh, racing up to an airport curb and a guy gets out and he starts running through the airport and he's clearly running after a woman Sir, you can't leave your car there. He's trying to track her down as she gets further and further away. She looks very sad. He looks like he's made a mistake. He's looking around. He catches up to her. Stephen... I can't believe I caught you. You came back. I knew you'd come back. I have to ask you something. Anything. What is the Netflix password? (laughs) I love Steven. I love Steven. It's all lowercase, one word? Yeah. Okay, cool. You gotta get it to get it. See ya. Watch movies, TV shows, and exclusive series. Oh, I love it. Good job, Netflix. Did you see it coming at all? No, no, I was... um... I, I guess I could have predicted that it was it was it was not going to be a happy reunion, uh-huh. um, since you said it was a breakup commercial. Right. But uh, no, I did not know what what it was going to be. So I love that. Very good. Yeah, really Thank good. Thank you, Netflix. Jason. Thanks yeah. for sending Thanks, that Jason. in. Um, also, Laura posted this on our Facebook page. This is a, a PSA, a COVID related PSA from um, Australia. And let me see if I can play this from Facebook directly, which can be a little bit complicated. All right, let's take a listen to this. These are unprecedented times. We know things are hard right now. You're stuck inside with nothing to do. You might be going out of your mind. Just wanting to do something. Anything. But now, more than ever. More than ever. More than ever. It's time to think about how your choices affect others. So please, please. Please. Don't start a podcast. Just don't do it. Don't do it. You might feel like it's a productive use of your time right now. You've probably already got a USB mic and a spare room ready to go. And your mate Dave's got some interesting opinions. But we're here to tell you. He doesn't. He really doesn't. (laughs) 
He's a fuckwit. <laughs> we don't need your true crime exclusive, which is just you reading Wikipedia articles to your housemate. We don't need your minute-by-minute -minute breakdown of every episode of Parks and Rec. What are you going to do? Send everyone in your contact list a MailChimp newsletter? And force them to mark you as spam instead of unsubscribing? Because they're scared to hurt your feelings? We're in the middle of a pandemic! Look. It's pretty straightforward. Just don't start a podcast. Make some pasta from scratch like everyone else and just shut up. <laughs> the greatest gift you can give your fellow human beings right now? Right now? Right now. Is to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Come on. Do it. Don't start a podcast. That's... I, I gotta say, it, it kind of hooked me in because I really... It, Somehow it's posted, so it looks like it actually came from the Australian Broadcasting Network. Yeah, and they really get you because one of the earliest speakers in the montage is a woman um, with a stethoscope. Wow, you're talking like me. I know. It is contagious. Stethoscope around her neck. And that's, you don't realize it until you, until they do make the turn and they hit the punchline that like, oh boy, it really triggers your brain to think that they're talking about public health yeah right uh okay so that's a good lark um now let's get into the meat of this ad council shall we this is from listener david he says now i know i'm risking the wrath of andrew and genevieve <laughs> here i never like to see that by the way uh but am i the only one who finds these two progressive ads really annoying and he's talking about two that i believe we've talked about both of these on the show before the first one is the you assume it's a blind date scenario where you have Stephanie Courtney who who plays Flo, but she's playing a different character. She's playing an her, her sister. Oh, it's definitely her sister, not just her friend. Well, if it's the one who's a real who's a real piece of work, um, yeah, she plays oh. because it it originated with a family where she plays every member of her family where they're out camping, sort of a clump, and situation. they're around a campfire, and that's there's right, a few of them. Stephanie but yeah. Courtney plays every character. That actually makes sense because I always thought this commercial was a little bit funny, a little bit weird. No, this and is very extended confusing. universe. This is um, this is the extended universe. This is uh, EPU. So you have. Stephanie Courtney playing Flo's sister who is on this apparently blind date with a nice enough but nerdy guy and he's trying to engage her in conversation and the woman is not having it. She's snapping her gum and yeah. eye rolling and, and uh, looking She's at her She's intentionally phone the whole time. very unlikable. Very unlikable. He's trying his best, the date is, and he's not getting through. At one point he pulls out his phone and he shows that he's got the progressive app on there and, and we see that Flo, a picture of Flo is on there uh, which leads to a joke at the end when Flo ends up showing up crashing this date their Bernays sauce here is the best in town <clears throat> now is he one of the uh, other insurance guys what do you do for fun oh maybe not this hmm. oh what am I into Mostly progressives name your price tool. Helps people find coverage options based on their budget. Flo has it. I want it. It's a whole thing. And she's right there. Yeah. Now suddenly Flo just shows up at the table side. I'm going to choose my ride. This date's lame. He has pics of you on his phone. No, they're very tasteful. <laughs> now that joke at the end, they're very tasteful, always gets me. But I have always been confused by this I commercial. I think you're missing a lot of context here. Yeah. One is the, the woman who she's playing this is her sister, which is why they have a pre-existing relationship and why she would be giving her a ride. Mm -hmm. And it, there are a number of commercials in the Flowverse where her sister's being just 
unbearable and irresponsible, but Flo is like, you know, she's the good sister or whatever, and she's trying to make her life better through insurance, mm-hmm. basically. The guy, I'm 90% certain, is from another part of the extended progressive universe where these two insurance guys from another like competing insurance company are always trying to like, you know, Boris and Natasha flow and like get I get one over that. on her. Yep. And I'm not positive because they, they're both pretty generic white guys, but I think that when he says it's a whole thing, that makes me think he is one of those guys. That's interesting. She's got it. I want it. It's a whole thing. It's yeah. a whole thing. All right. Well, that's interesting. I do think that. But it, you really have to really be steeped ra- in yeah, the lore. Exactly. Here, here's exactly what David says about it. Quote, first, you have the blind date where the guy is trying to be friendly, but the woman played by flow actress Stephanie Courtney is being absolutely awful for no apparent reason. But we're supposed to be on her side, he says. Now, he says, this is the other commercial I have a problem with, another progressive one. Secondly, you got this newer woman, apparently her name is Mara who is also being intentionally obnoxious in a possible date situation I believe we've talked about this one before in this one you have uh, Flo and Mara and they're at a table in a nightclub it looks like karaoke is going on in the background and men are coming up to them to hit on them right ladies my friends and I are having a debate I have a back rash all right Whoa, Mara. I laugh like this. <laughs> She's like, every guy that starts to come up, she somehow pushes him away with her behavior. It's just not my scene. I couldn't help Do it. Do you over- like insurance? I love insurance. Did you know you could save money bundling home and auto with Progressive and renters can bundle too? I know, right? <laughs> Why'd you stop? I was listening. <laughs> So, okay, so Mara, this new character, is definitely, we've seen her in some, in the new Zoom commercials. Yeah. And we, I would agree that she's a little one note. I think we've mm-hmm. said that before. I think they need to give her more to work with or, or something. But I, I don't have a problem being on her side in that scenario because clearly they've positioned these dudes. The, the, I, my friends and I have a bet, like, that's, such a gross pickup line. It's such a cliche. The first one is. Now, I will say the other ones, though, the guy doesn't need, I mean, an attractive young guy starts to come up, and then she just starts saying something. What, I can't remember what her second rejection is. Something about I her, laugh like I this. I laugh like this, and he just spins around. The, the other guys seem to come up and politely She doesn't want to be hit on at a bar. Right. It's not a fucking capital crime. Well, I think that is interesting. That's exactly the point here. So this is, again, the, uh, the end of um, David's post on Facebook. He says, maybe there's a gender difference here. Maybe women who have been in these situations are more likely to feel sympathy but the ads don't indicate in any way the sympathetic nature of the characters, just that they're obnoxious on purpose. They are huge misses for me, and the humor is overwhelmed by just being annoyed at them. And um, several women weighed in in the comments, and the overall consensus seems to be exactly what you just said, Veeves, and makes total sense, is that the first one is sort of obnoxious because people don't have all that context that you just laid out. And the second one really rings true yeah. to all the women's experiences. And they're like, I have no problem with that second yeah. one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the women. Yeah. I stand with the women. Because it is true, you know, I don't think I rewatched that second one when I was doing the prep today. I just rewatched it now. For some reason, I always thought that it was very much implied that they were 
specifically in like a speed dating situation or some situation where they were trying to meet men. But you're right. There's no indication there. These are just two women who are at a karaoke bar. They don't Sitting have to together. be. They don't yeah. have to be fielding. Jamie, their friend Jamie's like rocking out on the karaoke <laughs> mic behind them, which goes totally unmentioned in the commercial. I know. Which I mean, I love. how much would you pay to have to see like the same commercial only focused on Jamie? Like, yes. Do, like, I love these commercials. Oh man, show the, do commercials from different, do like Rashim, is it Rashomon that was like that? What was the movie where it was like I'm from different sure. people's perspectives there's the diet coke commercial where they unveiled all those diet coke flavors a couple of super oh, bowls that's ago true. yeah and they had the woman i want to say from community who's yeah jillian of, jacobs yeah jillian jacobs and she passes some guy and then there's another version of the commercial where it focuses on the guy and he passes her on the street i wanted to i'm glad though that um david brought this up everything that you said genevieve i think in the other folks on Facebook. It's interesting like, how differently that resonates with men and women, though. Yeah, and the first one, I do still sort of find a little bit off-putting, except that last line is so funny when he says it's very tasteful. <laughs> um, I just think that, that it really does make me laugh. And generally speaking, I love this universe. I think that these are funnier as a whole than most things going out on Saturday Night Live these days. Like, the Dude, writing is good. The acting is good. The Don't even get me started on the guy good. who gives people lessons about how not to be their parents because, I mean, I oh, know right. I know they tried to universe. I know they tried to do a, a caveman, Geico caveman show, and people were like, that's stupid. It's a commercial. But really, do show me a sitcom about a guy whose job is helping people not become their parents. Yeah. Because I will definitely DVR it. Those are great. Um, So anyway, David raises those. And I wanted to bring up another progressive commercial because you and I were I don't remember in what context we brought it up, but we brought up, maybe we were just talking about all the different Zoom commercials out there or, you know, using Zoom as a medium for these commercials. And there's a progressive one where all the various or several of the various progressive employees like Flo and Mona and some other people, uh, Jamie, are all trying to meet, but one person's vacuuming and nobody knows how to use Zoom, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of funny. I actually think this one is much funnier, but once again, it points out how how rude and what a jerk Mara is. In this one, we have six uh, panels. It looks like we got Jamie, Flo, uh, three other new members of the crew who I don't recognize, or I sort of recognize, but I don't know their names. And then you have Mara, and the meeting is about to start, and Mara is talking to somebody who is off camera, somebody else in her living room. I think we even know. I think it's her mom. Okay, where were we? Yeah, I'm done after this meeting. We're just going over how people who switch to progressive can save hundreds. Hey, Mara. Uh, Yeah, Jamie's the guy running it. I once had to fake jury duty to get out of talking about his yogurt preferences. Mara, you know you're not on mute, right? Oh, there's a mute button? Yeah, that's Flo, the one who looks like she'd smile while she sleeps. I always smile. (laughs) That's why I said that. <laughs> They're so good at the button at the end, aren't they? Even the ones that are are not working for me, they always get a good punchline at the end. That was generally not working for you, though, huh? Generally not. She's just a jerk. They just introduced That's a real the thing. jerk. Yeah, she's Jamie is so great and has so much complexity. And he was introduced as a doofus, but then they like build and build and build his character, and it and it layers and it becomes more. And of course, Flo. You know, yes, she does seem like she would smile when she sleeps. That's a great line. Which is a great line. Um, But we've just gotten to know her so much Mm -hmm. over the years. And she's so inoffensive. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's so likable. I mean, that's her her main thing. So so it's interesting what they're trying to do with Mara because they're clearly bringing her forward. They're clearly developing her as a character. Um, But I think they're 
I think they need to recalibrate. Yeah, to be with honest. her a little bit, with or her, just yeah. or yeah, maybe add. An, I mean, I think they're good writers. I think they can just add a little bit more dimension to her. I don't think they. I don't think it's a failed. Yeah, experiment. and I, I don't want to say it's the actress's fault, but you know, who knows? Like it's it, she's not. It's not working yet. Yeah, I can see that. Although I, I'm willing to, since it's kind of an ensemble situation, I'm willing to kind of give it some more. Give it some more rope and see if it can kind of yeah, develop absolutely. a little bit more. They've right. got a lot of credit with me. There's a lot of credit in that there, Progressive Bank. So, Really last um, email here, just a really quick one. Um, this came in from Abby. Genevieve, it's related to our conversation about how people say insurance in different parts oh, yeah. of the country. There's an insurance uh, commercial where the spokesperson says insurance, which I thought was kind of interesting. And you mentioned that this came up in a movie where somebody is kind of undone or their lie is undone when they say insurance instead of insurance because they're supposed to be from the Midwest or something. Somewhere, yeah, yeah. where you wouldn't say that. And you weren't sure what it was. And Abby says it's the Alfred Hitchcock movie uh, where Sean Connery realizes that Tippi Hedren is lying about where she's from and the name of the movie is Marnie. That's right. Thank you. I, By the way, I got all of this. All the stuff I said was true. I just couldn't mm. remember the name of the movie. Nice. So anyway, that is... Uh, that's some good fact checking right yeah, there. Yeah, thank I would you. Say. You're my fact checking cuz. Love it. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, thanks. Uh, sorry I was so rambly before. I'm apologizing to the listeners. I feel like this was not my best show, although we got there with the progressive talk. Maybe the show just gets better if we just make this not a commercial show, but a show about progressive commercials specifically. Because that seems to be our uh, sweet spot. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, a lot of those came from the Facebook group today. So you can... Um, and it turns out I I do have access to the Facebook. I just can't post, but yeah. I can still read all your stuff. It's It's a beautiful space. Just look for After These Messages show on Facebook. You can call us after these... Me- nope, don't do that. Don't call us at the email. That won't work. You can call us at 607-444-5597. It's been a while. It's been a minute since we had a jingle. Um, and email us at after these messages show at gmail. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Anything.